we, they just needed more talent around them, you know? And when we brought in more talent, uh, it changed uh, right overnight. You know, we went from basically a 500 team to uh, an NCAA team uh, within two years. And it was very exciting to build that program. That might've been in some ways the most fun time of my career, building that program at Stanford. Where can you turn when you're in pain? Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn where you'll get immediate access to expert orthopedic specialists, physical therapy, and imaging at 15 convenient locations throughout the greater Cincinnati area. When you're in pain, turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. Visit beaconortho.com to schedule your appointment. That's the Beacon Difference. Coach, welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Thank you for taking time uh, out of your busy schedule to join myself and my partner here, Kyle Decker. My pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Certainly, certainly. Yeah, taking some of her free time <clears throat> from her vacation up in Minnesota in the cabin up there to join uh, the Underdog Podcast crew. So thank you, Coach, and congrats. I know we mentioned before, but once again, the most recent national champion, the Stanford Cardinal. We're really appreciative uh, of your time. Great. It's, it's fun to be here. I'm looking out at the lake. It's uh, it's a little windy, so you're not cutting into my water skiing time. It's all good. <laughs> That's going to, we're going to, we'll touch on that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> all we'll, right. Yeah. Well, well, hold on. Let's just touch. Well, this no, is, no, this no, is, no, okay. No, all right. No, we won't no, go no, there no, yet. No, yeah. No, we'll no, wait. We'll wait till the end. Put okay. her on, we'll put her on the hot seat. Okay. Later. All right. Um, so, Coach, we want to we want to get into really what we believe is, um, you know, some underdog moments or maybe moments of adversity, uh, you know, throughout your career. And we usually like to start the episode that way. So just in doing our research and learning about your tremendous career and journey, um, we want to go back to uh, 1984-85. You were at Ohio State and. Uh, you'd been there for five years with a record of 110 wins and I believe 37 or so losses. Ooh. You were Big Ten Coach of the Year, I believe, two times. Um, and then all of a sudden, as in the profession, an opportunity comes to you um, at Stanford. And previously, before you arrived, Stanford was, I believe, five and 23, and I believe nine and 19. And you decide to make that leap. Can you take us back to um, that moment in time and what led you to make that decision? And, and I'll add to your dad said, if you take this job, you'll be unemployed in three years. <laughs> yeah, well, he was even he said, you'll be unemployed in three months coming home, living with us. So I'm like, that was motivation to, to keep my job. Um, you know, I had a great job at Ohio State and I love coaching at Ohio State. And it was a, a tremendous opportunity. Um, and I'm thankful for the time I spent at Ohio State. Great people, uh, great players I coached. Um, but, you know, this was before the WNBA. This was before uh, there was even, uh, you know, women's basketball was really at its, in its infancy. And both of my parents are educators. And I just really felt the opportunity to coach at Stanford was the combination of the absolute best in academics. And I wanted to be also the best in athletics. Um, and my dad was really worried because he felt, you know, it's going to be really hard to find uh, those players that could could compete both academically and athletically. And he was right to a certain extent. It is very challenging. And and I've 
you know, and I've gone home many a days and, you know, laid on my couch and cried when a great player that I wanted to recruit could not, you know, could not get into Stanford. And I think that, but I think that when we win at Stanford, it, to me, it's even, it's just really meaningful because I know that we've, um, you know, we've overcome some challenges with, uh, you know, just getting the, getting the people that fit the profile of Stanford um, academically and athletically. And, you know, it's, um, you know, so it really means something a lot. It really is very special to me when uh, we won a national championship in that situation. Yeah. And, and we had uh, Coach Shaw on, and he talked about, you know, not just having the talent, but being smart and tough. And in Stanford, one of the best universities in the country, obviously academically. Can you talk about a little bit and uh, national championship? Sorry, I know I'm, I'm veering off the course here of my partner, Mr. Blackman, but let's roll. Um, She's the most. She's the winningest basketball coach in in women's basketball history, Hall of Famer. So I'm gonna do her justice, unlike your <laughs> intro. And current national champion here with the coach. Can you talk to us similar to like what Coach Shaw has? What is your pedigree for recruiting? How have you built your program to win, you know, three national championships? You know, I think that um, obviously. Um, you know, the very, the, the first thing is you have to, you have to look at players that have the academic profile. You know, one time I was watching these players play and there's this player and I'm like, wow, she's great. And I turned to my assistant and I said, you know, what's her name? And my assistant said, two points. You don't need to know her name because she has a two point grade point. So, you know, academics is mm -hmm. really important. Like I, I, I'll go out and watch great players. And if they're not, uh, you know, if they're not serious about their grades and serious about taking, um, you know, AP classes, then I can't recruit them. And it's just, uh, that's just the way it is. Um, thankfully, I think there are, you know, a lot of uh, outstanding uh, young girls that are serious about their academics and serious about basketball. And those are the type of players we want and have on our team at Stanford. What was your message early on to those girls when you were trying to build the program to, to come in and again, they have to have the belief in what history didn't really say that you guys were winning at Stanford. So what was your message to them mm -hmm. to get them to come in and buy in that we're going to turn this thing around and, and go on the run that you've gone on? Well, you know, we, um, you know, in first going to Stanford, we recruited some great players and, you know, the first player, one of the first players that my assistant coach saw in the summer was Jennifer Azy. And um, she called me and she said, you know, Tara, I saw a great point guard. I'm like, great. We needed a point guard. And I said, you know, does she have grades? And she said, yes. I'm like, great. And she's good enough. And she said, yes. And then my assistant said, a little problem. She's from Tennessee. I'm like, ooh, that's a problem. You know, I mean, we had to convince a player like Jennifer Azy and Sonia Henning, who was from Wisconsin, and Trisha Stevens. We had a, uh, Katie Stedding. These are, you know, just great players. We had, we had to convince them that, in fact, the dream of playing at Stanford could, you know, could realize itself into a, a great program and a, and a great team. And they bought in. And also, I will say this, the players that were at Stanford before I got there, and Ivana Sforis, who is a tremendous, uh, just a tremendous player, uh, you know, Jill Yonke. I mean, we had, uh, you know, you referenced a Charlie Turner Thorne. These were great people that were there. And I love coaching them. We, they just needed more talent around them, you know? And when we brought in more talent, uh, it changed uh, right overnight. You know, we went from basically a 500 team to 
uh, an NCAA team uh, within two years. And it was very exciting to build that program. That might've been in some ways the most fun time of my career, building that program at Stanford. Yeah, and, and just to touch upon 1,000, I don't know if this is, this is Wikipedia, I think this is up to date, 1,125 victories. Like, think about that. And I had to think about this for a second, Coach. I was born in 1985. <laughs> She's been at Stanford since 1985. Not to, and, and look at the energy. Hey, Carl, I started when I was 15, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that is, I mean, I, I've, you know what? I, I just don't, with the way, uh, you know, I, I hope, Coach, there's other um, coaches. I just feel like the name of the game in college athletics has changed so much that, I'm just worried that there won't be, you know, coaches that will coach anywhere more than even 20 years, let alone 35. What do you think, um, you know, how have you sustained at one university? Obviously, you've probably had many different presidents, athletic directors, you know, all sorts of uh, support staff. What, how, do you, how have you sustained excellence at uh, Stanford? Well, as you said, um, let's see, athletic directors, one, two, three, for, I think I'm on my fifth athletic director and at least fifth president. Um, for me, the most important person is our Dean of Admissions. Um, and thankfully our Dean of Admissions has uh, been at Stanford for quite a while now too. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think some of it is just, it's a, I, I love working at Stanford. It's just a great place. Um, I've gotten to know people and, you know, I'm just, I, I'm about uh, excellence and Stanford is about excellence uh, in every facet of what they do. And it's really, it, it's a very exciting place to work. Yeah, no, we, uh, we definitely kind of miss you in the Midwest because you went to IU, you know, you coached at Ohio uh, State. We're down here in Cincinnati, <laughs> but I can't blame you. If you've ever been out West, have you been out to, uh, to San Francisco area? Yeah, absolutely. Whoo, yeah. I got, I got uh, an aunt and uncle out in uh, Yountville, which is in the Napa um, wine area. And I'm telling you that is, and I can't blame you. I, I heard in one of your interviews, I, uh, well, yeah, you know, it's a great opportunity, da da da. But you know, the weather's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, it's a beautiful place on uh, this great country we live in. To uh, Palo Alto, yes. I mean, it's just a beautiful spot. Actually, uh, one in eight Americans lives in California. Whew. So you know, uh, I mean, obviously, we're the most populous state, um, and we have our issues. We're dealing with uh, climate change right now, and the you know the, the it's dry and you know water issues, but. Um, you know, in, in the middle of January, I'm swimming in our outdoor swimming pool and I'm like, wow. So yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> um, I want to go back to your early childhood. Um, as we, as we learned, just doing some research and, you know, growing up, you know, there was no really organized women's sports. So when I say the term title nine to you, can you talk about what that means to you? And I guess what effect or what role that paid played in the development of your of your sports and athletic career well i think you know probably besides my parents nothing has impacted my career more than title nine because title nine uh basically opened up women's sports uh, in terms of having coaches having uh you know scholarships uh being on television all the things that we have now uh, are because of title nine um, and I'm, I'm very thankful for that. So, you know, when I was growing up, I did not play, I, I tell this to little girls at our basketball camp, 
you know, I was growing up, uh, I never played JV basketball. I never played junior high basketball. I never went to basketball camp. I didn't have a scholarship. Uh, we played in, we had a college team that had a, a seven game regular season schedule. You know, we didn't, our, our men practiced in Indiana. They practiced from two to seven. You know, they basically had the whole, the gym the whole time. Um, you know, no one bought us shoes. No one bought us uniforms. It was, you know, and a little girl, like a little eight-year-old will raise her hand and she'll say, coach, why was it like that? And I don't know how to explain it to the eight-year-olds. And then another little eight-year-old raises her hand. She goes, sexism. And, you know, so Title IX has been a great thing for, um, for women's sports. And it has impacted my life more than any single thing. And I'm very thankful for it. And I'm thankful for all of the, the men and women that have fought for Title IX um, and, you know, are still fighting the battles for uh, equal opportunity. I mean, this was what the big brouhaha at the Final Four was this year. Mm-hmm. You know, that the NCAA would have these t- tiny little weight set and then the men have this huge weight room or, you know, the women are eating mystery meat and the men have, you know, prime rib and lobster. I mean, all the things that all, all the progress we thought we've made and that's what we're dealing with this year. So it, it's, it's been challenging. It's still it's still a battle. Yeah, no, I um, yeah, that infuriated me. I mean. I don't think uh, just just the, like the weight room. I didn't know about the food aspect, but I saw pictures of the weight room. Um, you know, it's just crazy, yeah. man, and just it just boggles my mind. Well, and it, you know, it's it, just it was. I mean, if you have a sister, if you have a mother, if you have an aunt, if you have a daughter, I mean, it was insulting. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, you know, obviously now they're doing a investigation, but um, it wasn't just the weight room. It was no outdoor space. It was not having branding on the floor. The the resources of the NCAA, basically, they have an army, you know, doing the men's tournament. And it's a great tournament. It, it's not that women's basketball is trying to take away from what the men's tournament in any way, shape, or form. It's like, you know, get, our, get women's basketball tournament up to speed. You know, have branding. Use March Madness. Uh, you know, work on uh, doing a you know, work on the, the television contracts, all the things that are um, really marginalizing women's sports um, and a lot of sports, not just women's sports, but I think other NCAA sports that people are are interested in watching. Um, the, the interesting thing to me is like, we're going to have the Olympics coming up um, and men's and women's basketball, there's no football in Olympics, right? But there's going to be millions of people watching the Olympics all over the world and just supporting the, the other sports, you know, Olympic sports, swimming, track and field, gymnastics. People are thrilled to be watching these. And we, we don't we don't maximize what we could be doing. How do you think, we, think how do you think we can what would you say is, you know, maybe some some ways we could begin to bridge that gap um, and give these sports more yeah. notoriety and publicity just in your experience? Well I think you're doing it now talking to me. But you know I mean, get Katie Ledecky on your podcast. You know, she's going to, I mean, you know, identify great athletes or coaches. Uh, talk to, you know, softball coaches, uh, which is, you know, a really uh, fast sport in terms of pop, um, popularity, growing sport. Um, you know, really, uh, I think it's letting people know that there are other great athletes out there and support those, you know, through the media and, uh, we, we need the NCAA to have more vision and 
you know, with, with all the platforms we have, if you want to watch gymnastics, you should be able to watch gymnastics. Or if you want to watch softball, you know, I mean, or baseball, uh, men's gymnastics, uh, all these, all these exciting sports are out there and we don't get, we, we don't give them any, uh, any airtime. Yeah, I believe. And I hope with the streaming, so we actually stream, we have a partner here with, uh, it's called Chatterbox Sports and they do, we do streaming. So I think the access of technology, I hope also increases. Yeah. So the distribution is a lot more cost effective because the problem is, at least from my opinion, is you got these huge players, but they don't want to, because it's, it's all revenue based, they don't want to invest right. into some of those areas. But yeah, I hope that between technology and awareness, and I think that's what coaches, she's joining us from vacation, man, this is incredible. <laughs> um, you know, she's out there and we've seen that, right? We've had, um, once we, we, we were, awareness was created to us, we've been very driven to obviously, you know, we know 4%, we've been, we've, we've looked at stats and facts, 4% of major mainstream uh, media is broadcasting women's athletics of some sort. Right. And we here at the underdog podcast decided, okay, we, we're going to make a conscious effort to be much better than that. And uh, yeah, we've had Heather Tarr uh, from uh, Washington softball on, you know, we've had, I think four right. or five uh, women's basketball coaches. We've had other people um, mm -hmm. in, in, in representing once again, diversity uh, on this podcast. And I think that's super, super important um, and, and appreciate once again, you being on the forefront, you're a national champion. I mean, <laughs> we have a list here, coach. It's like Pat Summit, you know, Coach Oriama, uh, you, Coach K. I mean, you're talking about people that have sustained excellence. I mean, we were tickled to death that we have the greatest coach, arguably, in in the uh, NCA women's basketball. So it's once again a blessing to have you on, and I hope that that creates that awareness. Um, Sorry, I know that was a tangent. No, there, it's, it's all good. It's all. <laughs> he good. knows, Coach. I go on these tangents, and he's just sometimes he just kicks me under the table here, and uh, I just right. I got bruises on my calf. So I, I listen. I listen patiently. Um, <laughs> so we've talked to, as you mentioned, a number of um, coaches, and some graduate. Boom! I want to go right into coaching. Others, uh, not so much. I'm going to go the corporate route, and the most winningest coach in NCAA history didn't want to initially coach coming out of college. I believe did you was law school um, on your radar? But I, I think the cabinet comes back to the fact that when I graduated from college, you know, before you guys were even a thought in, in your parents' <laughs> minds, um, there were no college jobs, you know? So when I graduated, my college coach was a graduate student. So there wasn't such a thing as being a college coach. So I did fall into it backwards. I decided I'd take a year off. I ran out of money. I went home at Christmas and my dad was like, hey, it's the middle of January. What are you going to do? I'm like, nothing. He goes, well, you're going to go coach your sister's team. You know, Title IX had just passed and their gym teacher didn't want to coach basketball. She wanted to go bowling. So I'm like, okay, I'll go down there and help. And not that I wanted to, they had lost the night before 99 to 11. So I was like, okay. Um, but you know, that got me into it. And then, and it was fun and I love it, you know? And I mean, I think that, you know, coaching for me is not a job. It's a passion. It's something that, you know, like, you know, you, I'm on vacation, but like yesterday I'm pulling up a, uh, you know, a, a video that I'm watching and studying kind of just on offense. I you know, want to have our offense work better. You know, we're playing a great schedule next year. You know, we've, we've got to, I want to give our team the best chance of being successful. So but coaching was not a job when I started, but it, now it is for, for young women. And one of the things I do, um, 
is uh, at the Women's Sports Foundation, they have a legacy fund, which um, gives uh, money like $15,000 for a young coach in 10 different sports every year to help the pipeline of women, women to get into coaching so that you know, a young, young person coming out of college, they think they might be interested in it. And it's not just for basketball, but for different sports. So, you know, if someone listens to this, or if you know some, a young woman that is interested in getting in coaching, um, you know, this is an opportunity for them to um, get a start. You know, they can be a graduate assistant at a university and get trained. It's, it's, I think coaching is a little bit like the old days where you have to, you know, have a mentor mm -hmm. and learn from someone. So, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. So we're, I'm involved with that too. That's awesome. Uh oh. There Sorry, I had something on. No, the, you're good. Somebody. She was she was worried about the dog. Should have let it go. Yeah, we got a little <laughs> rhyme there. What What do you have? I, I think for me, and this is a little bit of a selfish question. I love to know because we talked to like Urban Meyer was on the show or Coach Harbaugh. Mm -hmm. Like their Super Bowl years or a national championship year, each team's different right each one has a dna the fundamentals of you as a coach you set that bar of what the you know program's core principles are but what made this team because i well, i loved by the way your team this year obviously i think Thank a lot you. of people did but the, the run was awesome I? awesome to watch the final four was incredible um and if those that missed it don't miss it next year and follow along the season but what made this team you know that maybe the media or the public didn't know behind the scenes, I think everyone wants to know what made this team unique? Was there anything special or is it just kind of, hey, we're just a good team? Well, you know, uh, we, Stanford, we are in one of the strictest counties in the country in terms of dealing with COVID. So uh, we uh, left March 13th and I told players, you know, go to go where you want to be. And we never came back until um, really the end of September. And during that time, I think one thing that was really different about our team than maybe other teams was the fact that our leaders on our team, Anna Wilson, Kiana Williams, and Alyssa Jerome did what they call small groups. They did Zooms every week. Like we did a team Zoom every week, but they did three additional Zooms, the three seniors plus uh, different combinations of juniors and sophomores and freshmen so that they everyone got to know each other. And I think that that was a really big thing. They were invested in their team. The, the, the captains didn't wait for the coaches to do things. They said, hey, Tara, I've got an idea for a speaker, and we would get this speaker. Or, hey, Tara, you know, what, we can do this. So um, I think the team was very invested. And then you know, because we were, um, we were on the road for 10 weeks, we, were, we couldn't go in our own county. So we stayed in a hotel, and we traveled together. I, you know, the, team was said, this is like living in the dorms with the coaches, you know, like we, everyone got to know each other. And so when we got to the final four and were there for three weeks, you know, there might've been some teams that were like, wow, we got to be here for three weeks. You know, we're like, we went out and bought a ping pong table. We're like, Hey, let's have fun. You know? So we really, this team enjoys each other. Um, they are genuinely unselfish. Um, the leaders of the team are really good leaders. Uh, I didn't have to like, sit down with one player and say, Hey, you're late for the bus. You're being a, you know, a pain, you know, trouble, or, you know, you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Everyone bought in and we had to be very flexible. You know, we had to really, um, you know, like we had people that had uh, contact tracing. So three people are out. 
we couldn't play home games, so we played away twice. You know, we played instead of getting Washington State to come to Stanford, we played them up at their place twice, and they they had a great team. Um, we played in a great league, and our team just if we lost a game, they didn't get all over each other. They just moved on, and um, I, I think they they were just really. I'm really proud of this group, and I could, you know, I can, um, you know, I, I told them I can brag about you. Now, and we improved a lot. We stayed healthy, and we improved. What do you, uh, <clears throat> Kyle asked this question uh, the other day. <clears throat> uh, who were we talking to? Coach uh, Miller? Nope, it was Coach Hurd. Coach Hurd? Coach Hurd. Yep. He's talking to Coach Hurd um, at UC, and he's soon to be uh, a, a girl dad uh, any day now. Yeah. Um, well, and check the phone. Check the phone. <clears throat> I heard and, her phone going off. I should probably look here. Oh, uh, no, we're, we're good. <laughs> I have a five-year-old daughter. Um when you go, when you when you um, come to the home for for a home visit and you're meeting with the parents, you know what is your message to the parents um, as far as you know you're going to have their daughters for the next four or five years and, and instilling that trust in in them. You know, well, we couldn't do any home visits, so we kind of had to communicate over Zoom uh, this past year. But the message would be the same, basically. Um, you know, our coaches will be mentors, and we believe in integrity and honesty and trust. And we're going to work as hard as we can to help, you know, your five-year-old who, what, what is her name? Oakley. We're going to, we're going to work as hard as we can with Oakley to develop her skills, to uh, help her grow and mature as a young woman. Um, we're going to be there to kind of have a net for them, but uh, they're going to grow up and they're going to, they're, they're going to, we're going to, they're going to fall down sometimes, but um, you know, we're going to be there to help them develop and we're going to surround them with other great teammates that are uh, great people um, and people that are really, really um, outstanding. And I'll tell you this, I got the nicest email just last night from one of my uh, the parents of one of my players that, you know, was just really, uh, it was a long email of thanking me for, um, you know, our staff, how their daughter is having a great experience at Stanford. Uh, they came to the final four, you know, the NCAA helped pay for that for them. Otherwise maybe they couldn't have come. Um, so it's really, it really means a lot when a parent, you know, turns around three and four years later and says, you know, thank you. And, you know, we really appreciate the hard work you're doing for our daughter. And, you know, and that's, uh, that's really special. That's awesome. So the question is when my daughter is about to be born, like I said, any second, I guess uh, what, 18 years. Are you still going to be, uh, you know, be on? I, I will not. I promise. <laughs> Come on, coach. <laughs> I got to get out water skiing now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's, speaking of that, yeah, I got, that. I got a list of things here. Well, hold on. There? Hold on. Before we get into that, hold on. Let's, let's hold the water skiing for just a minute and okay. the sailing. The piano. I found this yep. to be super, super interesting that it really helped you in your career when you had to learn. I think you put the flute down way back when, then you started to learn the piano later in life and you were actually the student and you saw how your like the coach, meaning your instructor was teaching you, gave you perspective of maybe how you as a coach are teaching your players. Can you kind of touch upon the piano before we get in all these uh, fun sports? Sure. Well, the piano was really fun. I had a phenomenal, I, I, my sister bought me a little keyboard for Christmas because we were in a Fry's Electronics. And I said, hey, that'd be a good Christmas present. you know." So she bought it for me. And I thought I could teach myself. Within two weeks, I realized uh, that ain't gonna happen. So I went out and I, I got the best piano teacher who basically said, I don't take beginners, but I convinced her to take me. 
and she was phenomenal. And I did, I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot about, you know, kind of being a student and like I would practice and practice and practice. And then I would go to my recital and I would just blow up my piece, you know, and I would go home and I'd be crying and be like, you know, it's like kids, they, you know, they practice, you know, they miss their free throws. And I, I, I think it, it helped me be a lot more patient and understanding of, you know, our players. Um, but I, I also, uh, I, I loved uh, my, my piano teacher was phenomenal. Not just, uh, I mean, like if I didn't practice one week, she, you know, she didn't get mad at me or, you know, she was, she was just, she goes, let's just play duets. And, you know, I, I, I love, I love taking lessons from her. She was phenomenal and it really helped me as a coach. That's awesome. That's yeah. just self-awareness. And just, I think that's just kind of speaks volumes to, so let's, let's get into, we're gonna give you a little rapid fire or quick hitters right. here. Before we get to those sports, we got bridge with mom. Who wins more yes. often? I know you zoomed with your mom. Who wins yep. in bridge more, you or your mother? I do. My partner and I beat my mother and my sister um, consistently. But last night, I have to say, I got hammered. So <laughs> we played horribly. So tonight, we'll, we'll get it back. But we have fun. And it's, you know, it's been a great thing to get through COVID for my mom. And she looks forward to it every day. Love it. I love it. Hey, if, if a bear comes outside of that cabin and you're outside trying to get ready to go water skiing, what are you doing? Are you running inside? Are you yelling at it? What's what's the... I'm running down to the boat. Let the bear come swimming. <laughs> can bears swim? I don't yeah, even know. Can. Yeah, they can. Okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do okay. everything. Uh, they do everything. Yeah, those, those things scare me. They climb not a lot. There's not yeah. a lot of them out here in Ohio, but uh, yeah. I know there's a lot in California and uh, Minnesota. Um, speaking of water skiing... Um, do you so you you like to to ski water ski and sailing? If you if you could pick one, what would you do? Oh, keep that going. Ah, um, uh, I would. Um, mm, I I'd have to. I I can't choose. I love them both. If it's windy, I go sailing. If it's calm, I go skiing. There you go. Okay, I like that. I like that. Right. As far as three dogs, what are your dogs' names? Do you still have three? Well. I have, I unfortunately lost one, but I have two dogs that I love, uh, Piper and Enzo. They're okay. two labs. So uh -huh. I'm unfortunately, I lost my, my beautiful girl, Rainy, but um, I love my dogs. And, you know, just, I walk them every day and they go swimming up here at the lake. So um, it's, uh, they, they have a good life. Nice. And they love you whether you win or lose. When you come home, <laughs> you know, they don't know. They just, they're happy to see you. No doubt. Are they up there with you in Minnesota? Are they back home they in California? Are. Yep, they're here. Okay. All nice. right. I love that. What's your favorite? I know classical music's kind of your, uh, you know, your jam. What, uh, what's, what's your favorite classical music to listen to? Uh, you know, I, I love, I love opera. I love um, just, you know, you know, orchestra, um, you know, solos, uh, anything. I, I, any, any, I really love any kind of music if it's harmonious. Uh, I don't like uh, music that doesn't have a good beat to it and doesn't have harmony or or melody. I like that. I like that. Close I like jam. any kind of music. And I have I have begged Anna Wilson, who's on our team. I've begged her to give me a playlist for my iPad, and I'm so glad she's coming back this year. You know, for my um for my phone, for my iPhone, she's coming back this year, and she's going to do it for me this year. So I'm going to have more and up, you know, up-to-date music on my iPhone. Coach, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was coaching <clears throat> little D2 football, I did the same thing with one of my players. I said, hey, make me a playlist, please. Yes. He put all one rapper on the 
entire it was like 55 <laughs> songs and i was like what am i gonna do i don't even know who this is first off and what am i gonna do with this for a 15 yeah. hour bus ride so be careful make sure you tell <laughs> her right. don't she'll just give me, i know she'll give me some good music i can i can trust her okay all right maybe yeah. that was a player that you didn't play very much and he was getting you back he was my starting receiver <laughs> oh my god he did you wrong mac yeah. ogletree yeah talking about you shout <laughs> he out did there. you wrong i uh, got one or one or two more yeah we'll go no last one last one i love george man um all right so um we asked this question to all of our guests and um before i ask you have to agree to at least help us make it happen okay okay i'll, I'll like agree that. to it okay all right okay. All, right. all right she she believes in us yep yep it's a trust test already so who is one person we should have as a guest on the underdog podcast hmm gosh underdog podcast Wow. Well, you've had a lot of Stanford coaches, right? Yep. Um, yeah, we've had uh, Coach uh, Shaw. You and Coach okay. Shaw. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we can uh, we can stay in the Stanford now. I, I think maybe. Um, uh, I think I would go outside of uh, football, basketball, and you know, again, like maybe look through some of the uh, coaches that have really done. And I, I don't know that I have a name, but coaches that have done really well in maybe a women's lacrosse or um, gymnastics, men's gymnastics, or something, you know, something really kind of uh, off the beaten path. I think there was a judo coach that's a hundred years old in San Jose. I mean, mm. something that would be really, you know, like who could, who could imagine that, you know? Um, I mean, you've done great homework. Uh, I know you're into totally into sports, but uh, you know, I think the, uh, I love the underdog theme that you have and get off that beaten path. And, you know, if I think of someone, I'll, I'll text Wilder and get it, get your name. That's why love she's, it. that's love why challenge. That's why she wins. Yeah. I, I like that. that. I like that. Giving, us a, a, good giving us a challenge. Yeah, Absolutely. Got, got my juices flowing. I think we should. Yeah. We should. Uh, I'm interested in this judo coach. Yeah. He'd probably beat us up. <laughs> <laughs> probably would. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, coach, thank you very much. Um, yeah, we know you're on vacation and we, we definitely appreciate your time. And as we said again, congratulations on all the success, especially this year. And hopefully you guys are able to, you know, go re repeat next year. Um, you know, I know you won't be around, like you said, coaching in 18 years when my co-host has has his little one. But we're going to enjoy watching you over the the remainder of your career. So thank you very right. much. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. And, uh, you know, feel free to invite me back and you know, keep doing the good work that you're doing. Um, you know, kind of just uh, giving, a, I think, people out there an opportunity to get to know um, some different coaches and players. And um, good luck to you guys. And. You know, raise those daughters right. Love it. Get Thank into you, basketball. Coach. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Definitely. Take care. All Thank right. you. Thank yep. you, coach. Thank you so much. All right.